Welcome to the Make Life Click podcast. Our vision is to awaken deeper levels of connection, direction and purpose in people's lives through a reimagining of online community. We believe in the power of trust and that we're at our best when we're together. Welcome back to the Make Life Click podcast. It's my pleasure today to welcome Katie Gould. Hi, Katie. Hey. And for those of you who are listening to the Make Life Click podcast for the first time, Make Life Click is a new online community and we're in preview at the moment. And we're rooted in seven values, which are trust, humility, honesty, kindness, appreciation, courage and curiosity. And today we're going to be focusing on the fourth of Make Life Click's values, which is kindness. So, Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to hand straight over to you just to give an intro. So who are you? A little bit about your background. And then in the true Make Life Click way, if you could just tell us a little bit about what's motivating and inspiring you at the moment. Yeah, it's got deep, deep questions straight away. That's fine. Um, I can do the easy stuff. Uh, My name is Katie. Uh, I live in a village near the seaside town of Littlehampton on the south coast. Um, I work for a share registration asset management company advising on financial services regulation, which is sounds really exciting, doesn't it? I often refer to myself as Chandler Bing from Friends, because no matter how many times you explain to someone what you do, people never remember or get it. Um, but that's that's fine. I don't really get it either. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's what I do. Um, I have three lovely siblings, nine nieces and nephews, no kids of my own. But I do have a dog called Buzz Lightyear, who is an absolute delight and my partner in crime now. Um, what's inspiring, motivating me? I think um, since lockdown with COVID, spending less time commuting um, to work actually has been inspiring and motivating because it's really opened up my life to do other things that um, I enjoy doing more than just work. Um, getting out for a walk every day and, and seeing friends and family, lockdown permitting, um, generally just having a chance to have a better life pace and balance, I think. And I've definitely been inspired by the sense of community that lockdown has brought. And I do hope that continues. I've already learned something new. You have a dog called Buzz Lightyear. Do you use his full name like when you're out in the park? Um, his full name is Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Um, no, it's mostly just Buzz, unless he's been naughty. Unless it's then it's Buzz Lightyear. Well, um, Katie and I have well, we've known each other for a little while, um, and Katie has always been one of those people I think who um, has the ability just to make you laugh without even trying to. <laughs> Katie, I don't know if that's a challenge. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> you said. Um, straight in with the deeper questions you know me here's another deep question things that are on your mind at the moment so are obviously in a, a challenging time all of us but what's especially on your mind that you think it it might be helpful to share with those listening to the podcast yeah I, I think um I know it's, it's hard to not refer to um COVID and lockdown given that that is the situation we're in at the moment and um I'm just really aware of people who are feeling quite isolated and lonely at the moment, sort of longing for interactions. I, I've been quite fortunate in lockdown that I'm not um, geographically far away from friends and family. And, and even if you can't go in people's homes, you know, you I've got you know, a village that I live in and you can go for walks and, and get that interaction. And um, I don't know, I, I think we're just starting to notice um, as a as a country or across the world, really, that there are more and more people who are 
really feeling quite um, lonely. Um, I've been naive to think that it's just a lockdown thing. I do know that it's been there, but I do hope that we use this as an opportunity, I think, to to interact a little bit more with with other people who may uh, miss it or not have the opportunity, even if it's just a little wave, uh, just a little hello. Actually, the stuff I've seen, particularly on the TV, it makes such a difference to people. Um, the NHS uh, Good Sam, uh, the Good Samaritan regime initiative, it has been amazing. It's seen hundreds of thousands of people across the country volunteer, and not just to come forward and help with prescriptions or um, helping to take someone to the shops, but just giving phone calls to, to those who are just struggling with loneliness or whatever. And I, I really hope that that is something that can continue and that those people get a lot out of it, the people that are, are providing the services as well as receiving it. So hopefully once the virus is, is over, that could be an initiative that um, carries on. Yeah, and we're going to talk um, more about kindness in just a little while. If I just talk about Make Life Click just for um, a couple of minutes, you've been part of the preview since it started four weeks ago. Have you found the first four weeks and what what are your hopes and expectations just in relation to being part of the early life Make Life Click community? Anything you build will stand its best chance if it has firm foundation. So um, nothing can be rushed or happen overnight. And I think the Make Life Click foundations are um, already strong. You know, in these early days, they're getting stronger and stronger day by day. I've been really inspired by your vision, Tim, for, for this community. And I really feel that the hub, uh, and the other early Make Life Click users are, are really very clearly focused on the core values of the community. And it's it's really quite humbling, actually, to be part of the, the foundation setting a, a stage of this um, of this community. Um, you can probably tell from my interactions on Make Life Click that I'm not really a huge poster. Um, but be assured I am there in the background, uh, reading the bits and pieces that uh, people are popping on there. Uh, don't panic. I'm not stalking anyone. Um, I just I'm, I'm that person. I would rather read more about what other people are doing than talk more about what I'm doing. But it's, uh, yeah, I found it really encouraging. Um, and there's some just been some proper random things on there. Um, you know, some of the very small issues to some quite big, hefty topics that people have written lots about or the odd sentence about and I just find that really reassuring and I know just my hope for really for the community is that the interactions continue in that vein that people continue to show respect for each other support each other um, and I honestly think that the, the positivity that can come out of these interactions can just be abounding. Yeah and we talk a lot about hope over fear don't we this is something that we've covered in the podcasts that have um, gone out so far talking to um, people around hope over fear and and what hope over fear means for you in a very general sense what what does hope over fear mean to you in your experience and in your life yeah three little words right um gosh they're not though are they really for someone I guess for me who struggled with anxiety in, in my life I think this is really something um a real mantra to, to strive for um, but, you know, obviously success, you know, could be limited at times. It's really very, very easy to, to default to fear um, the factor of, of what, what if, what if. And I, I'm really guilty of this. It, it can be exhausting, actually, if, you know, that is your default. Uh, but it's almost a natural instinct. You know, people are risk averse. Well, I am. You know, that is how I'm built. Um, and that has positive and, and negative uh, implications. But it is a choice. 
uh, and um, it's a reassurance. Um, yeah, choose hope over fear. Another massive question, but how might your life be different if you base more of your decisions on what you hope for rather than what you fear will happen? I think I, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm risk averse, and I would always, to an extent, uh, be inclined to err on the feared side. I, I think um, what I do want to do, though, is try and consider what I'm missing out on by choosing fear. Um, if you find it hard to think ahead um, about what you're missing out on, and think back, you know, what did I miss out on before because I chose fear, because I, I didn't do something or didn't say something because I was worried about what the outcome would be, as opposed to having the hope that it would have a good outcome. I think, um, you know, there are many circumstances where I chose fear and it, it made no difference whatsoever. Um, in reality, it is of course better to choose hope for many reasons but not least because it's immediately you just feel better about it don't you it's just a nice feeling I want to choose hope more and I am learning to choose hope more and, I, and my key focus really to be different is to learn and th to think what what am I going to miss out on actually if I don't choose hope um, and it's also about the example that I want to set um, perhaps I'm not just uh, you know being a bit braver for me but perhaps for anyone else perhaps foolishly who might be influenced or how I act or how I react to things um and you don't want your reaction to be fear and to people go oh okay that's the right thing to do then yeah you want it to be oh okay I can see how you've gone into that positively and hope for the best that is what you want to admit really at the times as far as you can remember when you might say you've chosen to listen to the fear and gone with that rather than what you hope for is that is that is that typically like a conscious decision or is it is it often unconscious as well it just kind of happens well I mean, it's interesting because it can just become natural you know if, if you do something enough it just becomes habit right um and I, there probably are times in my life where it's a default you know absolutely is a default you do things to avoid having then to, to, to choose because situations don't arise. Um, I don't know, say, for example, your, your fear, your anxiety was flying. Um, it's not, thankfully for me, but say it was. Um, then you just, you just not fly. Uh, and then, you know, you, you, to yourself, you think, oh, I don't have to make a choice because I'm not flying. It's like, well, actually, you have chosen not to take a flight. Um, but it's become your default. And, and no, I don't. I don't want that. I think you know people have ups and downs in their lives, and in their lives, and, and times where anxiety probably has won, mm. has been more prevalent in certain times, and other times I've been able to to rein it in and go. Actually, no, I'm, I am going to choose hope. Is hope a useful term for you to use? Because just from a, a personal perspective, before I first heard about hope over fear in terms of those words used together. I never really used to think of hope. I might have felt the fear and reacted to the fear, but there, it didn't feel like there was really an alternative. Has hope been part of your life and your vocabulary for a long time? Um, I, no, I, I think this is probably one of the first times I've heard it stated like that. But do you know when you hear a phrase and you think, crikey, actually, that, that fits the bill? Um, mm. You could say, you know, I'm going to be positive rather than negative. But actually, I think those terms aren't strong enough. The term fear is oh, yeah. a really, oh, sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the term fear 
is a really strong word. You know, fear can take over your life. Um, so then conversely, hope should be the opposite, right? If, it te- if hope takes over your life, then it can have um, a- an amazing impact. So I think it wouldn't be right to refer to it as positivity and negativity. I think um, choosing hope means that you have some sort of faith, I guess, that you are that it is going to work out. And if it doesn't, well, then actually, is the fear realised? Probably not in reality. Um, you know, I think I'd, I'd, I actually love the, the way that concept just it hits the nail on the head. Matt, who was on the podcast last week, we were talking about um, honesty. And one of the things that Matt was saying was very much along the lines of what you said, that when you do things out of fear, um, he was specifically talking around being dishonest, but being dishonest coming from a place of fear too. It, it's exhausting. And you've mentioned that doing things out of fear, being anxious is an exhausting thing. Um, and he was saying how being honest and so, and so working against the fear was actually quite um, a lightening experience for him. And we were talking around the, the term peace of mind, that although it's hard work, particularly when you start to do it, so making decisions based on hope, once you actually start and see the fruit of that starting to come through, um, it, can, it can be a lightening thing. It can be an energising, can be an uplifting thing. Have you ever experienced that sense of lightness or uplifting that can come through doing the opposite of reacting to fear i don't have a specific example i guess but what i would say is in times where i am on you know erring on the more hopeful side and take making decisions in that respect you know life is so much better um you know just in general you have you do have a peace of mind straight away and and it's bizarre because you've not taken that fear element away from it you've just chosen to look at it differently so you know without a doubt I think that makes an absolute huge difference just making that decision you can feel that in the way you live your life um but yeah sometimes fear does take over um for me anyway (laughs) but hope prevails mostly thankfully if you're someone who sees yourself as often operating from a place of fear or having lots of fear and anxiety in your life. It's very easy, isn't it, to look at others who you see as being the confident ones or the ones who always step out to assume wrongly or rightly that they don't feel fear to the level that you do. Have you ever had any times when you've, I don't know, maybe been having a conversation with someone and you've just found out that actually that person who seems so confident, they do feel fear too, but they're maybe just whatever term they choose to use for it, they're essentially stepping out in hope and that's what I'm seeing yeah absolutely I think it's you straight away assume right you do absolutely straight away assume that that confident person is um at peace you know in their own minds um and that you know there's no conflict there there is no battle between hope and fear their heart their life is led through hope um but actually, for sure, there's plenty of people. In fact, I would imagine that nearly every single person has that factor in their life where they think, actually, is this right? And it's not just that they're putting on a front and they're just pretending everything is awesome. Um, because it could be in that thing, in that moment, that they are able to very easily choose hope um, in a very overt way. But 
um, covertly. You know, it could be that there are other things going on in their lives that are definitely driven by fear. I think every everyone has that. Um, but it, absolutely, you assume that, that, that you think, gosh, look at them. They, 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 you know, everything's awesome, right? And actually, yeah, it's an easy assumption. Yeah, no, I can absolutely associate with that. When we first started talking about Make Life Click, and I think I approached you fairly late in the day, didn't I, Katie? So we'll probably only be talking about it together for seven or eight weeks. But when we talked through the values, you seem to go straight to kindness as, as being your real focus. What does kindness mean to you and, and kind of how's it, how's it played out in your life? I just think um, it's one of those concepts that can be really actually boiled down to be something quite simple. Um, being kind um, makes people feel valued. It makes them feel worthy. And I think a lot of people don't feel that. Again, they may even give the impression that everything is awesome, but actually people don't feel valued. So I guess in a nutshell to me, it means doing things to help other people kind of find their halo rather than polishing your own. It's not about you. It's not about doing something that even someone perhaps knows about. It, it could be something that you do without them knowing, but it takes a huge dose of humility for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I find it more satisfying to do something kind that will positively help someone, but they don't know it. Um, you know, or they didn't even really realise that kindness is needed. And I don't mean that in a proper creepy way and doing stuff in the background. I'm going to make your bed without you. Know, you know, no, none of that. None of that. Thank you. Um, but I don't know. An example, and I've seen this happen so many times where someone knocks something off of a shelf in the supermarket uh, and they don't pick it up because they don't notice or they can't be bothered. But you pick it up and you put it back on the desk and on, on the shelf and you've shown kindness to that person who dropped it. And you've also shown kindness to the shop worker who doesn't have to pick it up. Um, or, you know, if it got um, went everywhere, you know, the, the cleaner then doesn't have to pick it up because you've stopped that getting any worse. And it may seem like a really silly, pointless example um, to some. But to me, that sort of thing is I love it. I love that little, that sort of little thing that yeah. you've done something that doesn't mean a lot to anyone, but actually has made a difference. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned it briefly before, just waving to someone, saying good morning to someone just that little push of positive positivity, it might just be what they need. Um, you know, particularly mentioned in lockdown about people feeling isolated. They might not have spoken to someone or interacted with someone all day. Um, and also I'm convinced it's contagious. I honestly think that, you know, if you are kind and someone does see that, then they might think, oh, that was really lovely. I might do something to pay it forward. I'm going to go a little bit off course with what I'm going to say next. So sorry that you haven't been prepped for this. <laughs> um, I'd be really um, interested in hearing your views, experiences around kindness that comes from head knowledge. So just knowing what you've just said, some people would really appreciate it if X, Y, and Z, versus kindness coming from a place of compassion within you. So that's yeah. sort of feeling like an, an urgency to to help someone in it. It might actually be to help somebody very specific. So it's more about the person as opposed to the act of kindness. Yeah, it kind of actually does link into what I've already thought about for this next question, um, funnily enough, because it's not just about deeds. I think, um, so I'll talk a little bit like uh, about that in a, in a moment, but I guess 
for this question, one of the things I've noted down is asking someone how they are, but listening to what they say, listening to how they respond. Um, not just just doing the, hi, how are you? Great, thanks. You? Yeah, great. And that's it. Actually listening to people because um, it's all well and good doing something, um, asking a question, but if it's empty and you don't, you're not interested in the answer, then there wasn't really any point in asking that question. Someone is not going to take anything away from you asking them how they are because they get asked how they are a hundred times a day. But if you listen to their answer and they know that you're someone who will genuinely want to know if things aren't okay, um, then I think that makes a, a massive difference. And that is where the, the heart side kicks in. It's not just a logical, well, actually, if I do this, it makes life a bit easier for this person. It's a, if I listen, if I make myself open to um, to hear what they have to say, to hear perhaps any burdens they have, um, I just don't underestimate the power of kindness in listening. I think my friends would always say that after a good chat through something, um, you know, just having that spare time to listen, you, you feel better perhaps. And there's a concept of a problem shared is a problem halved. Now, I think that's quite simplistic. Actually, to me, it's more poignant to think a problem shared is two people's problem. And I often joke about that and go, don't don't give me your problem. I'm not interested. A problem shared is not a problem halved. But actually, legitimately, it is a, a problem where the load is shared. It lightens your burden. Um, and that's an easy one, right? Just listen to people. And that definitely is the heart one. Yeah. Just hearing you talk, the word motivation with a question mark over it comes to mind in, in terms of if I'm if I ask somebody how are you doing and I'm doing it from a genuine place of um, kindness, then the, my motivation will want to listen to the response and then want to engage with that person in whatever way is most kind in relation to what they say back to me. but. If my motivation is, uh, actually, I don't want to ask them how they are because they might respond to me in a certain way, which means I'll then have to engage with them or I just close my ears off and we just give the stock. Yeah, fine, thanks. So when we commit to being kind towards someone, it's also a commitment to check our own motives. And so whilst it's it could be others focus, it's also if you're doing it from a place of compassion, it, it shines the spotlight back on you too. Is that your experience? Yeah, and I think um, there's two ways you can look at that. One is that you're someone might be like, oh, you're just doing it for your own personal gain. But but actually, you know, it does, it does, yeah, of course it does make you feel good, but that's not what you're doing it for. You're doing it to help that person as well. It just so happens that it's mutually beneficial, right? Um, you both get positive things out of it. How do you draw the line between if you're someone who naturally um, experiences a lot of com compassion towards others, I would expect that there are times when you do an awful lot of giving out. Yeah. Um, but there are times when you have to say, right, no, now I need to just take some time to step back and recharge and re-energize myself. How do you manage that in the area of kindness? Well, actually, I guess this is probably links into one of the questions about what challenge do you face uh, with kindness? And I think, there's inevitably those circumstances where people could perhaps even take advantage of someone's kindness and good nature. 
Um, I've had many conversations with a, a family member of mine about how I feel people are taking advantage of, of their kindness. And to be honest, it, it makes me a little bit angry. It sadly, I mean, and that's quite a strong word, but it, it does because, um, you know, I feel that, that it's unfair. And we have talked about it. Um, and, you know, they know where I'm coming from, but they know exactly what I'm, you know, they get what I'm saying. They're not um, blind to it. It's not naivety. Um, but that that is my challenge. Um, and that's what I struggle with. Like, this person does it anyway, even though they know that people take advantage of it. And that is very humbling. Mm. Um, but I guess in respect of overcoming that, I think this is the next level, right? Because it's such a huge element of selflessness and people are not naturally selfless. Um, but it's, it is also good to strike a balance. So, you know, say you're doing something for someone or, um, you think someone actually has taken advantage though in that scenario, then perhaps next time you offer to help them rather than just do it for them. Um, but it, that is a, it's a hard one um, mm. because you don't want to be a doormat. Mm. You don't want to be, oh, they'll do it because they, you know, always do stuff that you ask them to do. It, you know, it doesn't, it, that is a hard one. I don't have all the answers to that, <laughs> but I absolutely am aware of, of how difficult it can be. So I guess just coming back to this word motivation, um, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it can be a challenge in terms of questioning, am I being kind for the genuine benefit of the other person or am I being kind because I have a need to feel needed? And it, it sounds like from your experiences, Katie, through just talking to others and just life in general, that you've perhaps seen some of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'd like to say that my primary motivation for kindness is um, the only selfish element is that it's really lovely to see how people react in a positive way yeah. um, when you do or say something that emulates kindness. Um, and I think, gosh, if you know, if it is, if you are doing something for whether it's in a selfish way or, or whether actually it's, you're just desperate to try and um, you know boost yourself, I think then you have to question whether or not it is appropriate you know if the outcome is good for the person that other person as well then potentially you could say where's the harm then it depends if that remains a healthy um habit or if it becomes something that it that actually you are feeding from that and really for yourself that's not fair on you yeah um yeah yeah no it's just just um something that i raised because i'm sure they'll 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 be somebody who's listening who maybe has that going through their mind within make life click we talk about something called the benefit mindset and it's about serving the well-being of all and uh, i've said a few times that there have been studies done that um, suggest that if we give to others so in this case if we're kind to others without expectation of anything in return that's very good for us both psychologically as well as physiologically um, as I say, there have been studies done around this. So I think kindness can often, can't it, be associated with, um, if you're kind to someone, some people would use it in the same way. They'd say you're nice to someone. Oh, they're a nice person. They're a kind person. But true kindness goes much, much deeper than that. It's not just about being nice. And I think it's a consistent thing as well. You don't you don't just achieve kindness by doing something once. I think, you know, it is a quality. 
It's not just a single act. Um, and I think that is, you know, you can be a nice person, but you but because you do nice, you you do kind things. Yeah. Um, and there is a succinct difference. I know it sounds really similar, um, but absolutely. Someone might describe you as nice. Um, but I tell you, you know, it is, when someone says, you know, that was really kind of you, that is a, a lovely thing to hear because, you know, it might not have even been anything that you just thought you were being nice. Um, so, but for someone to take that as, as a kindness to them, yeah, um, that is that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really fantastic that you've used the word quality, that true kindness is a quality. And it's almost like a, in, in lots of people who are truly kind, it's like an effortless quality. It's part of who they are. Let's talk about legacy, Katie, moving from one deep subject to another deep subject to another deep subject. What what do you hope to be remembered for? Sorry, Tim, before we jump to that, can I just say a little bit more about how it plays uh, plays out in my life? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not saying kindness needs to cost you money, but but as an example, I buy my team an advent calendar every year. And you think that I'd given them each a £50 note. And no, I'm not doing it to increase productivity. Um, I legitimately am doing it to reassure them of their value. Personally, not from a monetary perspective. Otherwise, I'd be saying, you're worth a few quid. Um, it, it goes so much more, goes so much further than that. And it may seem like a really silly thing. And also, it may seem like something that's for children, which I hate that concept of things with age limitations, unless it's for legal or safety reasons, obviously. Um, I don't have ornaments on my mantelpiece. I have toys, um, things that make me happy to look at. So perhaps this might help explain. Um, but an advent calendar, an Easter egg, a packet of chocolate coins, Haribo, these are for everybody. They are not just for children. Um, and I think people forget, actually, that, that those simple things can make a difference. A little while ago, I bought a packet of stickers um for work and they say things like katie says i work very hard katie says excellent effort now these are obviously designed for teachers to give to their students right but why i mean i can tell you from experience that giving out a sticker with a cute hamster on it telling an adult that they are fabulous is an instant hit and you can tell it you can see it on their face they cannot hide it um i started taking it to meetings and people started sticking them on their on their notebooks and senior people were sort of saying to me oh what what do I what do I need to do to get one of those people see it as them being valued it was just something a bit different something unexpected unexpected but it had this significant impact um and obviously makes a nice laptop decoration but it it can just be those sort of little things um and I'd love to um, for people just to make a bit more of an effort um, and, and again doesn't not about spending money because stuff is um, it's not just what it's about and it can be quite daunting but yeah do you think there's something in there as well about when you're truly kind to someone even in 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 ways like that maybe particularly in, in ways like that that part of the the value they get is through feeling known like you're giving it to them as a person as opposed to them as someone with a label like professional label exactly it kind of draws back to the first thing I said when you asked me about kindness it it is absolutely first and foremost about making people feel valued making them feel worthy of that kindness of that deed um and because people are worthy and I think plenty of people don't feel they are so for sure, it absolutely goes that far. Yeah. How do you feel when people show kindness, like genuine kindness towards you, Katie? 
oh really awkward <laughs> really awkward I feel awkward about a lot of things and I'm just like oh why have you done that and I and I it's like um I can't open presents in front of people and it's become a bit of a running joke with my friends and family and they make me open presents because I've got one of those faces that no matter what my emotion is I look like someone's just slapped me around the face with a large kipper so if someone gave me a an iPad, I would be like, this is the most amazing thing. But my face would say, what is that? Um, so, um, yes, it is hard to take it because you, you often sometimes you think, oh, gosh, am I, is it? Why am I worthy of that? Um, so, yeah, own it, take it, feel valued, whether it makes you feel uncomfortable or not. Yeah. And I reckon so many people listening probably be able to associate with with what you've just said then recognizing that how do you go about showing that you've appreciated their kindness obviously you know first reaction is wow thank you that's really kind um but actually i think i definitely make an effort to say to someone thank you for doing that that is really kind using the words um not just going thanks question mark um okay um helpful thanks I like to say that was really kind thank you um, even if someone's just opened a door for me because if someone has taken that moment to choose to not let go of the door they've chosen to put themselves out for you um, and I think it's nice to hear that being acknowledged and being acknowledged as kindness yeah yeah some someone within the uh, make life click community the other day was talking about giving people eye contact and how in today's world that can be a rare thing. And I don't mean giving someone eye contact you're having a long conversation with. It's more you you just the quick exchanges. So it might be someone holds the door open for you and you say thank you to them. But actually looking them in the eyes when you say thank you, there's something about that level of human to human respect, connection, which is really powerful in the area of kindness. Yeah, and for sure. And when we talked a bit earlier about um, the power of listening and how that is asking for someone how they are and listening to their answer, you know, in my notes I put eye contact, not one eye on the phone or the television. Giving them eye contact shows that you are listening, that you are acknowledging them as another person, as another human being who is worthy of your um, eye contact, um, for sure. How do you hope to be remembered? Definitely uh, for being a bit different. Uh, I've got an excellent Timberland boot collection, excellent collection of Disney memorabilia, um, which is making people smile, making people feel valued, uh, making people feel safe um, and being kind. Okay. And just looking looking towards the future, I think around this whole area of hope over fear and kindness and what you hope for yourself and those around you, what will the next step be towards... Um, making what you hope for in relation to your legacy a reality yeah so it talked a little bit earlier about um you know allowing fear to be my go-to and i think perhaps taking a holiday from that comfort zone or, or maybe a mini break from that comfort zone um, and choosing hope over fear rather than defaulting yeah if Katie based more of her decisions on hope, she would be happier. What does happy mean? <laughs> uh, it means that, oh gosh, 
I would have, I think, there'd be more value in my life and in other people's lives, and that would make me happy or happier. Okay. I've got a few songs going around in my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to start to sing. Katie, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Do join us again next time when we'll be exploring the value and the power of appreciation. Thank you once again, Katie. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Right back at you. Thanks for listening to the Make Life Click podcast. We hope it's been helpful for you. Please leave us a comment wherever you listen to podcasts and we hope you'll join us again next time.